realized this. Realize that despite your training, killing a remnant will not be easy. They are living gods. Even if your sword strikes true, their wounds will heal, their hearts mend. You must do things right. These are the steps. Commit them to memory. 1. Recite the litany. Its words will begin to break its strength. Let them also steal you. 2. Separate it from its land. Do what you can to disrupt its hold. If its domain is peaceful, sow chaos. If it prospers from misery, spread joy. Don't flinch from your purpose. A corrupted remnant will cause more damage than you ever could. 3. Strike down the remnant. Watch, plan, and prepare. Strike only when you have a clear opening. 4. Bind its heart. Prepare the remnant for its death. Ensure it doesn't suffer unduly. We are tenders. We do this because we have to. 5. Hunt its envoys. They are its ideals made flesh, seed sent into the winds. Only when they are all struck down can the remnant die. Remember, they too are deadly. Don't underestimate their strength. Finally, as the remnant passes, take what you can of their essence. By doing this we not only strengthen ourselves, we allow their ideals to live on through us. This is the greatest respect we can show our adversary. This is These Flimsy Rituals. I'm Adam Dixon. You can follow me on Twitter at AdTDixon. And joining me today is Ryan Evans. Hello, I'm Ryan, and you can follow me on Twitter at BrainXray. And you can follow this podcast at Flimsy Rituals. It's just me and Ryan today. We're going to record a special episode just focusing on the character of Venz and seeing where his story goes. Should we start off by going over Venz's beliefs? Sounds like a good idea to me. Uh, so, Venz's beliefs are Aya's son Corin shows great potential, get Briss on side. Um, I must find Sharo and heal whatever has happened to it. And I will not give my life for someone that does not respect the remnant. That second belief is probably what's going to come to the front of this episode. Yeah, it's been a few episodes coming. I'm looking forward to it. Where did we leave you last time? We you you just um come down the mountain and found the cabin of your friend Cass. And we just left that cabin, right? Yeah, we found that Cass had been dead for some time. We uh performed his burial rites, put him out in the forest and me and Shu headed off, continued on our journey towards the Sharrow. Okay. So I think we'll reach the Sharrow quickly. I think before we get there, I've kind of got a couple of questions for Vens, or like about Vens. Uh-huh. So instead of doing this as just let me ask you some questions, let, let's frame a scene between you and you and Shu. I think that makes more sense. You're probably like a few hours past, a few hours past the cabin in a minute, and the, you and Shu are walking through, I don't know, uh, what What do you think the terrain up at like the northern end of this, of the shower is? Is it? Is it similar to the south, or does it get a bit different? I feel like it's more meadowy. That's what I, I've kind of imagined it in my head. Mm. Sort of, I felt like the the land to the south was quite uh, sparse, um, not desert like, but you know, very fine grass, not a lot of shrubbery. And then as you headed up to the mountain, obviously, it gave protection to the land. So it's sort of. You know, the climate might be a bit nicer to have some foliage around. So I feel like I'm walking through grassy meadows, but, you know, that yeah. sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. I guess it's, like, still winter, so it's still probably, like, a little bit, like, stripped bare, but, like, definitely not as much as the south. I think in the south we had it so, like, wildflowers came out in spring, and, like, it was suddenly beautiful, but, like, over winter it just kind of died back. I imagine here it's a little bit protected from that. I, I guess the other thing is it's probably snowing. I, I think at this point, like, the storm has probably overtaken all of Sharrow. Like, it is, you're not in the eye of the storm by any means, but it's definitely snowing. There's definitely, like, a blizzard around you. And you're walking. Uh, you're not far from the northern edge of the Sharrow, and you're walking alongside Shu. 
And I feel like your conversation's kind of sparse. Like, you've said a lot of what you need to say to each other. But you have, like, moments in which you find, like, deeper conversation. And I feel like this is one of those moments. I think Shu, like, sidles up beside you and, and says, What are you expecting to find, anyway? It's been such a long time since I've made the trip to see the Shadow. I, I'm worried that something really bad has happened to the, the Shadow. I can't imagine what could have done that to them. You know, something so so great, but hopefully it's something that we can fix. Again, I hope it's something that won't surprise me. <laughs> I don't like surprises. I'm not sure any of us do. Not really. So, how did you end up doing this anyway? How did you end up serving a remnant? Well, when I was quite young, very young, probably around seven, eight years old, I discovered that I had these powers, and my family, they had no idea what to do with me, they, you know, and uh, they called for a, a local shaman, but they had no idea what to do with me. And thankfully, some people came, and they taught me how to control it, how to connect with a remnant. But obviously, it just cost me a lot of things. I had to leave. I had to come away from my family and everything that I'd known, but it was the best thing I could do to keep them safe. And I've been traveling ever since. Traveling? Well, you know, I don't always serve the same remnant. There's been remnants before the Shara that I've served, and once they feel like I've done everything I can do for them, then it's time for me to travel on and see if there's another another remnant that I can serve and help and protect. The Shara's probably been the one I've been with the longest, but there's also not a lot of people here that can that can help the Shara. How long have you been here? Like, I, I remember, I remember you from when I was younger. <sighs> It's hard to say, Shu. It's it's hard to know. I never keep track. I try not to. Plus, I'm becoming forgetful in my old age. But perhaps... Mm, 20 years, possibly. But why Shara? Why, why, did you, why have you stayed here so long? The Shara's never dismissed me. The Shara always seems to think there's something more that needs to be done. Something more I can do for it. And... As long as there's a task for me to complete, then I'll stay and I'll help the shower as best I can. I'm just not sure what you get out of it. Like, if I speak for myself, I can see the joy of serving something bigger than yourself, but if you're not connected with with people, with others, what do you, what do you get out of it? What do you get out of a, of a giant, a colossus? Well, I think... Even with most professions, and I do see this as a profession, it's, you know, maybe it is larger than that, maybe it is a way of life, but, sure, even if you think about your life, what do you get out of being a hunter, being a tracker? You get the thrill, the excitement. You know, I often feel like I'm such a small piece in this large... I'm just one part, one person part of a greater whole and that person can do so much that can affect life around me and I mean obviously I can't do it by myself I need the help of a, a remnant but what are the choices there for me the, the abilities I have it, you know could be very corrupting there could be many other people out there that don't choose a, a careful path a path to look after something so great some people might not think it needs looking after. But there's many things a remnant can't do for itself. But I've seen what you can do. I've I've seen I saw what you did with that eagle. Why why didn't didn't you ever get tempted to go back? Didn't you ever get tempted to go back to your family? You could you could have gone back to them at any point and given them given them an amazing life. I'm sure they had an amazing life. I I mean I'll I'll never know if they did. But Ultimately, here I am making many other people's lives comfortable and happy. If I had travelled back to my home village, I mean, as far as I know, my parents could be long dead, my family could 
have long moved on without me. If I travel back and my family, they might not even know who I am. There's no... There's no incentive for me to go back. I didn't, I didn't become experienced with these powers overnight. So by the time I was, I mean, even felt ready to use these abilities and use these powers to influence the environment around me, it had been such a long time since I'd been home, it wouldn't, wouldn't have been right. Yeah, so I feel like um, Shu looks over to you and, like, in his eyes there's, like, a look of, there's a look of respect, but also, like, also carried within that is an understanding that you're two different people. I think for Shu, like, like, I think for Shu, he loves the people around him and he gets a lot of joy and pleasure out of that. And I think he finds it hard to understand someone that can so devote their life to something that doesn't give them that immediate pleasure. I think it's probably quite obvious to Vens. I mean, purely from the... Obviously, he's been travelling around this area for a long time. He knows what the communities are like here and how, you know, close-knit they are and how they take care of each other and do things together. And often why he probably doesn't spend that much time around them because he's not that way. So there's something for me in Vens which is... Part of him is saying that, like, the reason he doesn't interact with people or hasn't found that is because he's trained and, like, he's serving the shadow. But it's almost something deeper than that, I guess. Like, is there something deeper than that? Does he just like being on his own? I mean, this... You could think of it as a way of protecting himself from forming a relationship that is a distraction or is, you know, a reason for him not to move on. I mean, imagine if he'd, Venz would spend time in a village and then all of a sudden the remnant was like, oh, well, we're done here. Best you yeah. move on to the next remnant. And, you know, if Venz had a, a family or friends, then it's even more of a conflicted decision. I feel like it's definitely part of it, but also to maybe lose a family again. It's probably not something that Venz wants to go through. Okay, um... So I think the day passes and it's about, it's mid-afternoon um, by the time you're approaching, you're approaching like the chasm, valley, did we, I guess we described it as a chasm, right? Like the cliff edge. You can see ahead of you, you're coming out of like stripped bare forest uh, with like a few like pine style trees thrown in. Uh, and you can see where, where the cliff just kind of overhangs uh, and there are a few rocks and and you know that if you look down, it'll be quite a deep, deep drop. And you can see on the other side seems to be like quite thick forest. You know the chasm divides two the territories of two remnants. So this is this is the shadow, and like so up north belongs to a remnant called Irrevents, and their domain is is kind of like the forest. You're coming up to the the chasm. Shu has has dropped behind you in order to like give space to you and. How are you feeling? I think uh, apprehensive, I guess. It's been a while since I've brought myself physically to meet, to see the remnant. But I guess I'm more apprehensive about what could be wrong with the remnant. Sure. I feel it's been like a long time since I've seen a remnant weakened or you know attacked. I don't really know what to expect. So I feel in your mind you know that this is where the remnant is. You, I feel when you got the vision, like this matches up with your vision. You're coming out of the trees and to your right is, is uh, a river, like a small stream going over the edge into the chasm. It, it It's frozen as it becomes a waterfall, so you can just see where the water would have flown, just like frozen in midair. Ahead of you is a collection of like large, large boulders covered in moss. And like in between the waterfall and the moss, is a point where you can climb down. Yeah, I think you approach it. Yeah, definitely. I I know I know that we need to get down into the into the chasm because we need to track along and find the remnant, and we can't do that from up here. So there's still snow falling all around you. It's turned most of the surrounding area white, and at the bottom of the valley, you can see you can see where that snow's built up, and maybe a little bit further along. Down the valley towards 
towards the east, you can see a a figure, a large figure that, that you recognise be the remnants laid laid on the floor. Did we did we settle on what this remnant looks like? I don't think we had. Okay. Do you have any thoughts about that? Is it humanoid? Does it have? I don't think it's humanoid. I feel like it's more animal-like, definitely. But I don't feel like it's a bird. Like I, I feel like I keep thinking like, oh, it's a shadow. Maybe it's a bird. But I feel like this. I don't. I don't think it would would have dug this chasm if it was that. No, no. It's. I don't feel like it's a bird. I think. So the other thing that flies is like an insect. Is it kind of insectoid? Well, the thing is, I didn't. I don't really feel like it necessarily has to fly. Sure. I think. I don't know. In my head, it was more reptilian, maybe. When I think about it, I think I think that it's something plodding, right? Yeah. If if anything, what I'd thought in my head originally was maybe like a big, uh. Like tortoise, but sans shell. Like, yeah. Just like what's in my head right now is something like a little bit like an elephant in the way that it moves and like the way its legs are. Yeah, yeah. But it it, it, it plods and doesn't go very fast, but it's you know it just keeps going. Yeah, and it's maybe got like that soft sort of face that like a tortoise has, like maybe yeah. like the little bit of a beak, and maybe like a like almost like an insectoid ridge down its back. Almost like shittiness. I think it's still largely soft and it's still largely... Imagine it like a pink-grey colour. Yeah. It's like fleshy, almost. Yeah, I think so. But I think... um, But like rough sort of skin, even like an elephant skin, that sort of... Like tough hide sort of thing. Or maybe the shell on his back is like... Instead of it being a solid thing, it has like lots of little holes in it, and like birds can come in and nest in that space. So do you know like how birds land on like elephants' backs and like clean it and things like that? It's, it's a little yeah, bit like yeah. that, but it they also like nest there and they also stay there. Perhaps that's where a lot of the birds go in the winter. Yeah, I quite like the idea that there's always a flock of birds surrounding it. Yeah, no, I like that. Okay, um, it's definitely big. I feel like it almost reaches the top of that canyon, right? And at the minute, instead of walking, it is laid on its side. Half of its body is submerged submerged into snow, and it just seems to be laid there. And covering the surface and kind of circling around it, you can see you can see birds. I pointed out to Shu because I've well, I'm sure he's noticed it, but perhaps he's not seen the shower before. I feel like it's something you know he's never come this far north, or if he's ever left the village before. I think we had the ritual where the shadow came past once a year, came past the village once a year. So, so I think he's seen it, but yeah, I, I, I think to see it in this state is something else. I think like this, you probably even hear him like gasp, like the idea that something that big and, and I guess that is such a constant in someone's life. If you live here, like on its side, possibly like injured or dying. It, it's enough to, like, shake anyone. Yeah, definitely. In fact, I don't think it's, like, just on its side. I feel like it's half lent up against, one of, like, the, the opposite side. Yeah, I feel like that makes more sense. Like, its legs are maybe horizontal across the base of the canyon, and then, like, a bit of its body is propped up. I think Vens turns to Shu and just says, we've got to get down there. We need to get to it. I can't do anything from up here. Uh, Shu nods. I'll find us a way down. He guides you down and tells you where to step and where not to step. He'll go forward a few places, find a dead end, and then come back and go, don't go that way, and then lead you a different route. But after about an hour of winding your way down, you're you're on the base of the canyon floor. The shadow is maybe like a few hundred metres to, to your east. Has it um, moved at all, even to like acknowledge that we're present? I, I I don't think it's moved. I don't I don't think there's any kind of acknowledgement. I don't think it like there's not only no movement from it, there's basically no signs of life coming from that direction, other than the birds flocking around it. Are you approaching it? Do you want to do anything else before you do that? I'm just gonna approach it. I f- feel like I know okay. it well enough and I just need to get 
next to it to figure out what's going wrong. Sure. You pick your way down the valley floor and approach the shower from where it's like crashed to the floor. And it's not long before you get close to the head of the thing. I'm trying to like build an image in my head of how big that would be. Like, I, I feel like it's a thing you'd have to scale to get to the top of, right? Like, it, it's definitely yeah, bigger yeah, than definitely. So, so you maybe get, like, 20 feet away when you see some movement uh, coming from, like, on top of the, the shower's head. There seems to be a person sat up. I think Vens would call out, not so much as a, not maybe, not a who's who goes there, but, who are you? What are you doing here? Yes, I think the person's been watching you come down the valley and, and they lift their head up as, as you ask them. So I think they're sat on sort of like a ridge uh, on, on, on the shower's head, probably f- like where, where the jaw is, like there's a slight bump and they're kind of sat on there. So they're, they're a tall woman, uh, they, they look quite muscular and built. If they stood up, you'd imagine they'd be like nearly seven feet tall. They've got greyish skin. And they've got uh, hair which is shaved around the sides and then long on the top. And it's kind of like a marbled green colour. And they've got a scar coming across their nose. And that they're wearing a full suit of, of armour. And they have a sword, which which I think they're resting along the side of one of their legs. And they're sharpening it as you like approach. As you call out, uh, she raises her head. Sighs in... in it's like a sigh which is like this an acceptance of inevitability, and says, I'm Raoul. Raoul Esprelin. Who are you? My name is Vens. Nice to meet you. There is, like, a, a nice to meet you in there, but I think there's also, like, a defensiveness about it. And I feel like Shu then, like, introduces himself as well. Why are you here? What, what happened to the Sharrow? Are you responsible for this? I think she fixes your stare, which is, I think in part she's trying to work out what to say. And like, like it's very obvious, but it's, how much, how much of the truth do I tell you? The shadow was sick. We, we did what was necessary. Only that. Are we responsible for this? Yes. We are. And that is a reluctant yes, a sad yes, but we did what needed to be done. We did what, what the yield told us to. The what? The yield? The yield. Do you think you'd know what that is? I imagine you know a little bit about the jackals, right? Like, so the jackals were the people that were that were fighting the people of Ninut, and I think they were fighting across the Sharrow a year or two ago. And I feel like you know more about them than most people do. Like, I don't know what rumours you'd have about it. I, I don't know what perspective you'd have on them. But I think at their most basic, they are people that kill remnants. And they kill remnants because of because of a thing that they call call the yield. I don't know whether you've got much more of a sense of them than that. I, I don't know whether you necessarily know the reasons. I think you've maybe heard a few reasons. Like some people just say they like to kill remnants. Other people say that, that they kill out of control remnants. I, I feel like there are different rumours about who they are. And I think you also know... That they don't call themselves the jackals, they call themselves the tenders, or um, the tenders of the dawn embers. You probably know enough to recognise that she is probably one of them. I think Venz is probably getting a bit angry here as he's slowly piecing together what's happened, and you know that that she's still here. And I think that maybe in reaction to him becoming a bit angry the the wind is picking up a little bit like maybe as a sort of reaction to him maybe getting angry and not being in full control of his powers I think she definitely notices this I I feel Shu does as well I feel like Shu's got to like he's probably also seems to be getting like stringing up a bow and I think Raoul as she notices it looks and goes and raises like one hand Please, what, what's done has already been done. There's nothing you can do to stop this happening. We just did our jobs. We, we did what was necessary. If, if we hadn't, this would all have been much worse. What could have been worse than killing a creature like this? Killing something that's given so much. Given so much to the area around it. 
you've taken not only one life, but you've taken from the lives of everyone that lives in the Sharrow. The yield tells us where things are going to go wrong. It, it tells us which remnants are going to be corrupted or fail, or which, whichever way you want to see what happens to them. We just have to do what we do to make sure that as few people as possible are hurt. And the yields told us that this is where the next remnant would fail. Sharrow is dying. I'm sorry to say that, but I'm, I'm a tender. And, and that means sometimes making the hard choices. It, it means cutting back, but it also means doing that respectfully. And, and that's why I'm still here. I'm, I'm making sure that the Sharrow gets a good death. If you want to fight me, you can go ahead and try, but it will just be more blood. Whatever happens, the Sharrow is dead. Is there any way that Vens can get a sense of if the Sharrow is dead or not yet? Um, you could read a person. Okay, I think I'm going to do that. And how are you feeling right now? Very angry. Yeah. That is a nine. What is your mad score? Mad is zero. Um, did you want to mark down your mad as well? Yes, I will. Cool. Uh, so nine gives you one hold, um, and you spend hold one for one to ask. Are you telling truth about blank? What are you feeling? What do you intend to do? What do you wish I would do? How could I get you to blank? I guess I'm going to go s- s- straight for are you telling the truth? About the shower or something else? About the shower being dead. Because I couldn't give a shit about the rest. Yeah, she's totally correct about the... Sh- or at least she believes she's totally correct about the shower dying and there being no way to fix that. But she thinks it's dying and it's not dead yet. Yeah, yeah. And I think she said that, like, it, it's dying, but there's no way to prevent it from being dead. Like, there are moments you can have of it before before it succumbs, but, like, that's not going to be long. Okay. Um... And I still think at this point she she's not, like, stood up yet. She's still, like, sat down just watching you. And I feel like she's watching you as you're kind of weighing over her words. I think at this point, like, Venz has just had enough, like... They nearly went this far before, and for them to have done it now, perhaps they only got away with it because I wasn't nearby, or because I wasn't there to, you know, because I went to the village. I think he's kind of just furious and rage-filled that someone's done this to a Sharrow. I think to start with, he's going to attempt to, like, knock her off the top of the Sharrow. Like, physically, or...? Uh, no, with with his powers. Okay. So I'm going to weave a spell. Cool. So yeah, when you use spirit to weave spells, say what you want to achieve, choose tags according to your bonds with remnants, the MC will say how much spirit it will cost you, then roll. On the 10 plus you do it, on 7 to 9 you do it, but pick 2. As you're just trying to knock her off the edge? Yeah, definitely. I think just blow her off the top of the remnant down to the ground with us. So like a gust of wind? Yeah. Cool. Um, that will... Yeah, so I imagine that's just going to cost you one spirit. Okay, and I'm going to roll very angry mad. A straight 12, natural 12. <laughs> nice. Very nice. Uh, cool, so you do it. So I feel like... As, how does it look as you do this? Do you like wave a hand or anything, or is it just it happens? I kind of feel like it's so... Like... Uh, it, I think because it had already become a bit windy because I was losing my temper and like losing my ability to control, I feel like it's not even something I have to even think about doing. It's just something that happened because I was that mad. Yes, I feel like she's just pitched sideways and almost like moves like a few foot in the air before she drops. Uh, I think because you rolled so well, like let's say her sword is left like at the top of the remnant and she just kind of like falls with like a crunch um, onto the floor into the snow and she she picks herself up um, she's wearing armor so I feel like it's quite a slow process and just looks at you and like sighs I'm not your enemy you don't want to do this you certainly can't tell me what I don't want to do <laughs> look what you've done look what you and your people have done to this remnant you've You've taken away everything from this land, and now something else is going to try and come and claim it. And you think that's better? Something dark was coming here. It was foretold, and if we didn't do what we did, th- this you land... You opened the door for something dark. 
I think that's I think that throws her. I, I think that like stops her in her tracks. I feel like the way the yield works is it is imprecise. I feel like that that is a rule of it. I don't know entirely what it is at this stage. I don't think that Ral does. I, I don't think like she goes and foresees the future. I think it gets told to her. And I think it gives like an area or a region or like, you know, a piece of territory. And it gives a rough idea of when something bad is going to happen. And you saying that something else has formed, I think has thrown her. Something else? What's happening? Let's say for a moment that your prophecy is true. How do you not know that you are the cause of your own prophecies? How do you not know that you are fulfilling the destinies that you think you have predicted? It's never happened before. It's always, it's always been fine. As far as I know, it's, it's always been fine. And I'm sure the yield always tells what, you it's What else has fine. happened? What, what else has happened? You think that these creatures don't live such long and protected lives by themselves? There's people like me everywhere. Protectors, people that want to make sure that the remnant is safe and can protect its lands. People like you. I know people like you. You always lose it. You always hurt the people around you. Half the time you're the people that corrupt the remnants. Do not give me that. I can't say that will never happen. And I can't say it hasn't happened. But in this moment, you've chosen to take a remnant from its land. You've chosen to take a remnant from its people. You've chosen to take a remnant from this, from its life, from its duty. And now this land is protected and you've left it. You've left the door open for something else to take its place. Maybe ushering in the one thing that you wanted to stop. What has happened? Give me a straight answer. Tell me what has happened. Do you think it always snows around here this time of year? It's winter. Why not? Maybe you spent too long in this ravine. If you go up there and you looked south, you'd see that something is coming here and it's not good for the Sharrow. It's not good for any of us. There are people fleeing their villages and towns to escape this giant storm and... And you've taken the one thing that could have protected this land. This land was weakened already. It was already, it was already lost. And you took its last piece of protection. Believe me, I wouldn't have done this if, if I knew. If you knew what? Because you seem to already have all the answers. They said there was something worse than usual here. I don't know what that is. And, and maybe this... Maybe it wasn't Shara, maybe it was this storm, maybe it was something else, but... Fuck. We fucked it. You should leave before... Before I do something that I regret, and that you won't live to regret. I'm not doing that. She starts, like, climbing back, like, up the shower. I'm going to go fix this. I just, I can, I, I can leave you to tend to the shower. You've done enough. Leave the shower. I, I think her intent, like, right now, is to go into the storm. I feel like that is 100% not a thing that I would like to happen. <laughs> Why not? I think at this point that Vens probably sees it as they've done enough wrongdoing and they just need to not be here. This isn't something that they can fix by killing something else. Well, she's climbing up the side of the chair and she grabs the sword and pulls it down and just like drops back to the floor. I'm going to leave you here. And I'm going, I'm going to go fix this. And how do you intend to do that? By killing something again? If it's necessary. Oh, I think at this point, Venz has had enough. And I think that I want to just drain her spirit, but not to kill her, just to weaken her enough that she can't do it. She can't head into the storm. She'd have to turn back home. Okay. I'm going to roll my last in mad and then spike in mad. So your mad is what? It is plus zero? Plus zero, yeah. So this is your new move, right? Yes. Um, I, d I don't know whether we've described it yet. 
So when you drain spirit from another to heal your trauma or, or to weave into spells, roll. On a 10 plus pick 2, on a 79 pick 1. And the options are you control how much spirit you take, inflicting trauma 1 for 1, heal up to 3 trauma or hold up to 3 for the scene that can be used 1 for 1 to cast spells. Um, you keep your talents hidden, or you don't mark the state that your target was feeling 1 for 1 for each trauma inflicted. Um, so what does it look like when you do this? I feel like it's sort of reaching out, not reaching straight out, but reaching an arm towards the thing I want to re- drain spirit from. And not yep. a cupped hand, but maybe like a clawed hand just holding it, like steady, just trying to draw the spirit out of something. Wah, wah. <laughs> a three. <laughs> oh, this is fun. So I feel like you... You raise your hand to do it, and and as you concentrate, like something like lashes back. You notice that something on her armor, like there's a like a pink, like diamond-shaped gem, like basically that she's wearing as a choker, just sort of lights up and flashes for a minute, and and you realize that it's protecting her. Whatever you try, you're not going to be able to drain her spirit. I think she turns, like I think she realizes. She looks at you and goes. I told you you didn't want to do that. This is your last chance. Please, just just let me go. And as she says that, you hear a crunch from behind you. What do you do? Um, <sighs> I guess I turn to see who it is. See what it is. Okay. Um. Yeah. There is a there's a person stood there. Um. They're about five foot ten. I feel like they're wearing probably like quite thick fur coats. They've got very, very pink skin, and hair that like shoots straight up and is like curly on top. And the hair is like dyed blue. And down one side of her face, like the right hand side of her face, is like it's like a birthmark, but it's pure white. Not even there's not even like the slightest amount of color in there. It's like all color has been drained from like this birthmark patch going down the right hand side of her face, it's, like all the way down her neck, um, across their mouth and their nose and their eye, and even like runs up through their hair. And this person is carrying an axe in one hand, and in the other hand they have, they have, they're holding like the legs of a bird on their shoulder. And as you turn around, they dump it onto the floor, and it seems to be an eagle. And he looks at Raoul and goes, "Who's this?" And I, I feel like as you glance back to Raoul, as he like looks to her, like you can see like a look of panic in her eyes. I think I'm kind of feel nervous between these two people. I think I'm going to like gesture to shoot and maybe take a couple of steps towards the side of the canyon, just back, so we're not directly in between the two of them. <laughs> just to maybe get like a more equal foot in between them. Sure. I'm also keen to hear what Ral's response is. Yeah. Yeah, as you're, as you're kind of trying to place yourself in the right situation, I think Ral like looks at the newcomer and says, they're friends. Stay calm. And she, like, starts to step forward to, to try and, like, stand near you two. Like, she, she's not approaching you from danger, but it looks like she's trying to put herself between you and him. Are you trying to back away? I think I'm still going to... A couple of steps backwards, but I'm waiting to see how this plays out. I'm not... I'm not a fool, and if she seems scared of this newcomer, then... Obviously, they're a threat to her and possibly a threat to me. Okay. Um. So this sounds like it'd be a good time for lead people through a dangerous situation roll. Uh huh. So when you lead people through a dangerous situation, yourself or others roll on a ten plus. You do it on a seven to nine pick two. So I feel like that you know, like does does this person react to you like positioning or not? Like, is the question here? Um. Just a quick one. What happens now? I'm spiked and mad. Oh yeah, sure. When you're spiked, let me find it. I thought it was going down somewhere. Yeah, so when you mark the fifth bubble um, of an emotion, uh, you spike out in that state. And then whenever you roll another move, uh, you make a choice. You can keep using the emotion you're spiked in at, uh, at plus one. And each time you use it, you remove an emotion spike. Um, or you can use a different state at minus two, and if you do so, you remove all emotion spikes in mad, and everything goes back to normal. So you've got a choice. You can either use it five times at plus one, 
or you can use another stat at minus two. I guess it's time to be very angry. <laughs> like, if it feels like a good situation, to, I mean, are you still angry as you're backing away? Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, nothing's changed. I'm still incredibly angry at what Ral's done. But now there's another person that I can, well, either be angry about or angry at. It's just interrupted my, uh, well, attempted foil of this plot or to stop her carrying on what she was doing. Cool. Uh, So I'm going to roll mad, uh, plus one. Seven. Yeah, seven. On a seven to nine pick two, you don't suffer harm, nothing is left behind. You don't end up in another dangerous situation. Um, I'm going for nobody suffers harm. And I don't end up in another danger. Oh, actually, I'd like to pick nothing gets left behind. Because I don't want to end up leaving shoot here or something. So you're still in a dangerous situation. Yeah, I mean, but I was in a dangerous situation before, so what's new? So, So I feel like, yeah. This person isn't calmed down. Whoever this new person is, they, there's a danger in them that you didn't sense with with Raoul. As you're kind of stepping away back back towards Canyon, Raoul is kind of stepping between them, and this other person just kind of brushes past her and like steps steps forward, um, and walks straight up to you and Chu, and is basically inches from your face, and goes, "Are you friends? Who are you?" My name is Venz, but should I be your friend? What's it worth to me? Tell me one reason I shouldn't cut you down right now. I think you you hear, like, Ral go, Darish, don't. I might just try it. I think I'm going to go for a little scare tactics, scare him off, Um, weaving my spell. I think I'd like to just, again, do kind of like a, like a big shout, basically, that's like, you can't tell me what to do. And it'll, like, be amplified by the wind, maybe? So a proper intimidating, you know, I'm I'm the one in power here. Okay, uh, so when you weave spell, I think it's going to cost you one spirit. Oh, I got six. Okay, so it costs you one spirit, anyway. Um, and on a six, you, you fail. So I think you, like you, you summon this energy to you. Is there anything I can do to, well, not re-roll a, a booster my roll? Because I feel like I'd really want to do this. Not really. That's all right. No, I was just checking. Like if someone else was with you, they could spend the bond to help you, but I don't think the situation is right. Okay, no problem. You draw the energy to you to to summon this to amplify your voice. I I, I think um. Dorish is still, like, inches from your face. And as you go to shout, like, you just feel the energy you're drawing from the shadow just kind of collapse. And your voice, you shout, but it's just this this silence just echoes from your mouth. And I think you, you get the sense that as you're doing this, like, as you're using your, your spells, you're drawing more and more energy from the shadow. Every spell you cast isn't just using your spirit, it's using it. And it just can't give anymore. Uh-huh. And Darish like looks at you and goes, "What did you just try to do?" I think perhaps I maybe not. Maybe even collapse a little bit here. Okay. Not in a you know it's been so long to have been without the power of a remnant behind me. You know. Maybe even just like a little stagger backwards sort of thing. I think not fully to my knees or whatever, but I do feel weakened, you know. I I feel like uh, I don't. F- you have, sorry. I was just gonna say I don't feel um very preoccupied by what this guy thinks at the moment because obviously this is like a a very big shock to me. I think as you're like collapsing, uh, Drish just kind of like raises. Like one of his heavy boots and just kind of kicks you to the floor. And like walks away. He he probably like gives like a hard stare towards towards Shu, who just kind of like lowers his lowers his bow a little, like like an intimidatory stare. 
And you hear Rao sigh. Drish, just leave it. As you're, like, on the floor, I think she rushes over to make sure you're okay, and... How are you feeling right now? What are you doing right now? I don't know, it's probably... Maybe just feeling... Weak, I guess? Just all of a sudden, it's just... Everything's gone. Like, everything I thought that I had that could help is gone now, and I... I just feel like I need to get to the to the share and see if there's anything I can do to get it back. I don't, are, are you paying attention to anyone else around you, or are you in your own thoughts? I mean, obviously I'm aware that I'm still in a dangerous situation, but at the same time, th- th- you know, this is the most pressing thing that's ever happened with a connection with a, sh- with a remnant before. Okay, I, I think you see Drish kind of walk back to where he dropped the eagle. And as he passes, as he passes Raoul, like, she just, she, like, does, like, a half punch, half push into his shoulder and goes, Labiderish, like, you need to calm down, and we need to talk. And I think, like, they say some stuff that you don't quite hear, and, and Durish kind of walks over, like, towards the remnant, and kind of, like, behind one of his legs and out of sight. Raoul comes back over to you, and, like, offers you a hand as you're on the floor. I'm going to stand up by myself to prove a point. I, I really do not want help from someone that doesn't care about a remnant's life like that. I feel like a thing about Raoul is she probably does, just not in the same way that you do, which is interesting. I feel like as you get up, she looks at you and says, I, I'm sorry about all this. I, I really am. And if anything else that Despite the issue, I'd like, I'd just like you to know that whatever death came, comes to the shadow, it, there's been a good one, it's been a fair one. There's no, be, been no cruelty or malice in it. She steps to one side and, like, extends an arm, like, and points towards the shadow and says, I'm not gonna stop you. I think Shu also, like, offers, like, help, like, offers a shoulder to lean on. Um, do you accept that? Yeah, I feel like a, you know, me and Shu have travelled enough now, he knows. We've got that understanding, right? It's. I feel like I can count on Shu, sort of thing. Yeah, so Raoul is letting you walk towards the shower. I feel like she also goes to like disappear behind one of the legs. I think you're basically left alone. Just you and Shu. I guess I'm going to attempt to just get up next to the shower and try and... <sighs> contact what's left, if that's the real right word, or see if I can even speak to the Shara. Sure. How does that look? I feel like it's... Uh... Are you, like, clambering on the side so it can look at you through, like, its one eye, or is it, like, touching its head, or...? I feel like it's just touching its head sort of thing, maybe just resting a palm on it so I can have that physical connection. I feel like it's different to the way it might usually do through a ritual trying to contact the Shadow because it's such a dire time, I guess. More of yeah. a, you know, the Shadow's really hurt, so I need to have that physical connection with it. Yeah, I imagine um, you're probably like somewhere near the front of it, so sort of where you put your hand is probably like near its like nostrils. I, I guess remnants breathe to some degree, or at least the Shadow does, right? It is a remnant that represents wind and things like that. So I imagine there's something, whether it's breathing as we understand it, that there's some kind of movement of air through its body. Yeah, I feel like that's how we'd understand it, yeah. And I think it's, at the minute, it's low and faint and infrequent. It's just, the shower is just breathing. And it and there's like a finality to every breath. But I, I think as you put your hand on it, like... There is, there's definitely like a difference in it. I don't think it's much. I don't think like it's a huge movement or anything, but at least the bit that you touch seems to react slightly. And there's maybe like a little bit of gratitude in your touch. Do you think there's any more than that? Do you think you communicate in any other way? Or, or, or is it just the comfort of a touch? I mean, I feel like I'd like to communicate more with it but whether it's able I'm not sure 
what, what would you like to communicate? I mean, probably... Or is it just about you listening? I guess I... Yeah, I'm, I'm always listening. I'm always happy to hear what it has to say to me, but mostly I guess I'm trying to ask what it wants me to do. You know, I feel directionless for the first time in a long time. Sure. Does Shadow have bonds on you? Uh, yeah, it does. We have bonds on each other. I don't think it's listed, but it's part of my patron move, which I feel we would have done a long time ago. So what does it look like when you when you normally contact the shower? What is that like? I feel like it's a bit like meditation. Often, you know, how way back when I was searching for the, the feathers to do a ritual. I feel like that is all part of it. It's gathering things that have maybe you know, gathering the birds' feathers because these birds nest with the sharrow. Um, you know, they've had a physical connection with the sharrow, hence I can use those to have my connection with the sharrow. And I, th- I think, yeah, I think that it's just I spend some time arranging them and just sitting quietly in front of them until I feel like I'm able to contact the sharrow. And does the shadow speak directly to you, or is it like, does it send envoys? Like, does it send, like, is it like it sends a bird to talk to you, or is it like, I feel like you it's speak directly to it? More like the vision I had. Okay. Either a vision of something that's happened and that I have to understand it, or a vision of something that is happening through the eyes of a bird or the eyes of something else. Yep. I think I've got something in mind. Very good. I'm glad that we joined up like this. <laughs> um, okay, I I think it does give you a vision. Um, I think you're, you've got your hand on the side of the shower, just kind of listening to its breath. And I think to some degree, like you start to sink your own breathing to it, breathing in and out and in and out. And through doing that, there's just a moment where you're suddenly over the edge. And I think the vision it gives you is a vision of itself. It's itself as it is now, but earlier. It's itself on its side, wounded, dying. And it gives you a vision of Raoul on top of, on top of the shower. And I think there's like a little, like as there is now, I think, I feel like if you went onto the top of the shower, you'd see the same stuff. Like there's a little, like almost like a little campsite and fire, like built on top of it. And it and it shows you like a series of vignettes. It shows you like Raoul walking around, like saying some like I think singing songs and like singing songs near the shadow's ear. And it shows her like setting up some it shows her like setting up a load of strings and tying like bells and ribbons to them. And and like scenes of her like feeding some of the birds that are also sat on the shadow. And it, I think it just projects like a, a feeling of peace and acceptance. Like I, I think it shows you like moments of kindness that that she has done. I don't know whether like you yourself are ready to accept that, but I feel like that's what the shower shows you. Um, I think one thing that is obvious as this is shown is like it it doesn't really show you much of the other person of the wish. I feel like there are a few scenes where they're together on shower, and I feel like the wish helps Raoul out, like doing whatever she is doing. But for for most of it, like the wish is absent, and I feel like when the wish is on scene, like there's a different emotion to it. I think the second thing that it communicates is, I think it shows you images of you, like all from like moments where you weren't necessarily aware of its gaze, but but where it's seen you and acknowledged you and. And you get like this sense of like thanks through it, like a sense of like I, I know what you've done for me. And then I think you're back in front of the shower. I think Vens probably has, you know, definitely tears in his eyes at this point. Like I feel like that was very difficult for him to see and feel. You know, and it, he knows that the shower has always been there. It's always been there f- for him, even when he maybe hasn't been thinking that it's been watching. But to know that it's made peace with its ends and that it's thanking him for what he's done 
is a lot for him to take when he feels like he's losing everything. And I definitely feel like this is the first time that Venz has lost a remnant rather than, you know, had his duties completed and asked to travel on. And does that feel different? Yeah. I feel like it's not something that he was ever prepared for either. Like, the people that trained him and the people that made him who he is, you know, it's something that they couldn't even fathom that a remnant could die like this or be taken away like this by people. And I think that they'd only really prepared him for the the endings of you've completed your duties, thank you, be on your way sort of thing. Yeah. Is everything okay? I think that's you. It's... It's finished, you. It's... It's done. There's nothing we can do now. And I don't know what to do now. Well, you promised, didn't you? You promised to help protect us. I'm happy to spend more time here if you think that's what's needed, but you have something to do. That's protect us, protect our family, protect the people that are left after the after the shadow dies. I think Ven's like snorts a bit at that, just like as a. But I'm just a, a man now. I'm, I'm nothing more than that. How can I help protect your village without my greatest ally? Sorry, I'm just trying to work out how she reacts to this because you've just got just a man and she's just like but I'm just a man we're all just men like I'm sure I'm sure having the shadow helped in in lots of ways but we're all just who we are with our own abilities we we do what we can to protect the people that we love doesn't matter I didn't ask you because of what you did with the eagle I didn't ask you for your powers I asked you because because it was a promise because I was doing something for you and because I thought you could do something for me. Now I'll wait here if you want. I'll wait here until until it's over and I'll I'll let you get what you need from the shower, but after this we made a promise and I expect you to keep it. I think that's what Venz intends to do. I think he just nods at you and just maybe tries to make himself comfortable next to the shower, just to see it through. He's still mad, right? I think we're past that now. I feel like I'm definitely into just straight up sad territory. I think he feels a bit guilty that he's let this happen to the Shero and that he wasn't there for it. And you know, now he just feels, you know, completely lost and that he needs to to see this through to the end and then he can you know, it's going to be a long trip back to the others, but he's got nowhere else to go right now. I feel like as you're sat there, you see Raoul and Durish like come back round the leg of Shadow. Uh, they've probably got like packs on the stage, or or like carrying them by the, their side. And I think they look at you, or at least Raoul looks at you. How do you respond? Are, are you giving any impression that you'd like her to come over, or is it just like I mean, an I, accept a, a look? I think just a look. I think she knows what's going on with me and I literally couldn't give a monkeys what they were about to do okay um yeah they turn and they climb the, the cliff they heading in towards the shadow or they yeah yeah towards towards the shadow and towards the storm yeah I'm just gonna stay there I need to be here I concentrate on the shadow until this is done are you letting her go are you, are you, are you letting Raoul go I think I'm very like confused emotions about Raoul at the moment. You know, considering I was incredibly angry earlier and then seeing what the Sharrow showed me of what she was doing for the Sharrow. At the same time, while I don't agree with what she did, but, you know, obviously the way in which she did it obviously implies that she does care. But at the moment, I can't understand that. I guess it's maybe grief or whatever, but I don't think that Vence can see past that initial anger right now. Okay. But enough to, like, let her climb the mountain. Yeah, and uh, it's, you know, I think he's in that stage where it's just, like, just to go get out of my sight. I need to do this right now. 
I feel like even just that small act of letting her go, um, she owes you one. Uh, I think they both climb up the mountain. I think Shu definitely like watches them, uh, like all the way, and then walks over to you and and I guess sees the state you're in, and just says, "I'll set up camp. I'll let you know when food's ready." I yeah, I think maybe a nod, but maybe also just like nothing. I think Shu knows what's going on, and he just needs to get on with it. <laughs>